welcome all of you to worship. And, you know, one of the things I love about the Psalms is that it's a great place to go to praise God. Some days, you know, you're just dragging, you feel like you just can't get one foot in front of the other. I know I've been there sometimes. And when I feel that way, I turn to the book of Psalms, especially Psalms 100. I love Psalms 100. love Psalms 91 and 92. They have a way of picking me up. And that's what I love about praise. It just lifts us up, gets our thoughts off ourselves and on him. And this opening hymn, this song that we're going to sing, this chorus, it's about that, bringing the sacrifice of praise into the house of our God. You may not know it, but I'd like you to just try to hear the melody. But if you know it, sing along. Let's stand as we sing the sacrifice of praise. that many ways. We do that with our voices as we sing. We do that by gathering together for fellowship and praising God. We do that by our lips, but we do it with our hearts. We offer up that praise in our heart, and we offer up our praise through our giving. And people have mentioned to me, Steve, you've never talked about giving. Remind us where the collection plates are. <laughs> so if you need reminding, they're right there. So as you leave, if you want to make a, a sacrifice of praise through your giving, the offering plates are right there. Let's go to God in prayer. Let's ask his blessing to be upon us today. And Lord, we thank you for the journey that we're taking. It's a journey that we do not walk alone because you said you are with us always, even to the end of the age. And what joy that brings to us, knowing that as we go through this COVID, as we go through all that it's doing to impact the world around us, we don't walk through this alone. We're on a journey with you. And we know the destination. But Lord, it's the journey right now that matters. And we pray that you would use this time together to strengthen our journey, to give us insight into your heart of love for us and bring us closer to your heart. And Lord, it's all about you. It's about the heart. And today we focus on your heart, our heart, and we thank you, God, that you're giving us a new heart. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. We're blessed to have Joyce Robinson with us. She's going to bring us a special message in music. And Joyce, thank you for being with us. Wonderful. 
Joyce, as you were singing those, it was hard not to sing because, well, I was singing a little bit. Let's go to God in prayer. We have a number of concerns we want to lift up. Let's go to God in prayer with our eyes closed, our head bowed. I want to offer up some prayer concerns, and I know that you've got some on your heart. I want you to lift those up too, but Louis Jordan has been in the hospital. We want to lift him up, and if you would, just say a quick prayer for, for Louis. And then Liz Beverly has been in the hospital, and uh, not in the hospital, but she's been home sick with COVID, also grieving with the loss of Leon. If you would lift him up, lift them up. That would be Ashley, her daughter, and just pray for them. Bert Love has been suffering with shingles, and we want to lift him up. So I would invite you to do that right now. Just lift up Bert and Wanda. And Wayne Williams, he's been struggling, and so if you would, just lift up Wayne. Now with that comes a host of people that we know of that are fighting cancer, dealing with sickness, dealing with issues that this pandemic has brought. And our hearts are breaking for them that we're probably suffering ourselves in some way. And I love the words of Peter. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all of your care on Him. Cast all of your cares on Jesus because He cares for you. And when I hear Peter saying that through his word, I think of the cross of our Savior. That's how much He cares for you and me. So it's with that understanding we go to God in prayer now. We bring these loved ones and we bring them all to, to Christ to our blessed Savior, because He cares for us. Lord, we thank You that You do care for us. Your heart is so big. It's infinite, Your love. As the psalmist said, as, as, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is Your love for us. Oh Lord, how huge Your heart is that you welcome us all, every one of us. For you love the whole world. 
that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, that's everybody, whoever believes in him, that door is open to everyone. And Lord, thank you for doing that for us. And we, here today, we've walked through that door. You've given us a new heart, a heart transplant. You've put your heart in us. And Lord, thank you for loving us that much to dwell within us, to take up residence in our life. And we come right now asking that as we are bonded to you in love and as you have reached out and grabbed our hearts and put that new heart in us, we pray that you would transform us and change us. We stand on 1 Corinthians 5, 7. We, Lord, you said that if any person is in a new creation, if any person is in Christ, he's a new creation where old things have passed away and new things have come. Lord, you've made us a new creation. And we're here today to learn more about that new creation. Do that in us. Change us. Make us more like you. And Lord, we thank you for the the love that you have for these people that we've lifted up to you and we're lifting up to you now. And you've got your hands on them. You're blessing them. You're meeting their need. And you said that in your word through the Apostle Paul that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And we call upon that verse. We ask for our loved ones that you would reach out and meet their need. Bless them, comfort them, strengthen them, whatever need that is. Meet that need right now. Jesus, we want to thank you for allowing us to worship you together today. Either by the internet, website, Facebook, or here on person. Lord, we're worshiping you. And our hearts are joined together. As we heard it sung a while ago, we're one in the Spirit. We have one heart, one mind. And thank you for binding us together in that love. And we lift up our community, our world to you. It's, it's got so much going on. It's desperately, this world desperately needs you. We think about all the hatred, the anger, the prejudice. We think about the divisions that are getting stronger politically. We think about this horrible pandemic and what it's doing to our society. And our hearts break and we lift this broken world up to you. And we pray, God, that you would use us, your people, to bring healing and wholeness. As we heard it sung a a moment ago, Lord, let there be peace in this world and let it begin with me. Lord, make us your peacemakers. Send us into this world and give us a heart and a mind and ears to see the world and, and to feel what's happening in this world the way you feel it. And may our lives be a witness and a testimony of your great love and of your peace, your compassion. Use us to be that witness. And Lord, thank you for our preschool. And it's getting ready to launch. And and we pray that you would continue to bless it. This need now that we have of just the cleansing of toys. Lord, we think about you cleansing the feet of the disciples. And we pray that as you give us that basin of water, as these toys are washed, that, Lord, you would use it to minister to these children that will be coming, children that love you, that want to be loved by you, that want to know your heart. And, Lord, we pray that you would use this school to reach them and bless them. We ask these things in your name. In the name of the one who has taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
one of those moments when I didn't want to come up here. I wanted to ask you to play about five more of those because it just, I don't know about you, but it calms my heart. Does it do you? It just kind of calms it, but lifts it at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for sharing your music with us. Um, you know, it's hard to believe that it's in September, it'll be 37 years since I had my heart surgery here. Actually, I had it at Emory, but I was serving here when that happened. 37 years ago. That's hard to believe. I'm bringing that up because I had to go to my heart doctor last week to do a check. They do checks, and he wants me to come back and do an echocardiogram next week. Uh, not because there's complications. He says, you're doing fantastic. In fact, if you keep drinking your motor oil every week, you'll be doing good on your new valve. It's funny because um, back when I had the surgery, right before the surgery, somebody handed me a book by uh, about Louis, uh, what's his last name? Yeah, Louis Grizzard. Had uh, They store, tore my heart out and stomped that sucker flat was the name of the book. And I read that before my surgery, which I shouldn't have done because Louis goes through all the details of his heart surgery and that he had a pig valve put in. And when he put the pig valve in, he started crying at every barbecue restaurant, and he uh, wanted to go waller in mud and all of that. And so I thought I'd do the same thing and, and put in a mechanical valve, and now I started drinking motor oil after that. And then every time I pass a gas station, I want to pull in and have my heart checked. You know. but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's been a journey of the heart for me, physically, for 37 years. Actually, since I was... a born because it was a birth defect that had to be corrected. I didn't realize how bad it was till I passed out on the tennis court back here in 83 when I was playing with Gene Holcomb and a few other folks and uh, realized I had a problem. I knew there was a problem before then, but it never was an issue until I passed out. And then that's when they said, you need to have your valve replaced. So it's been 37 years of a heart journey with a physical heart. Focusing on my care and making sure I'm taking my Coumadin, which you may not know is rat poison in a way. I didn't know that until I was told that you take Coumadin. I said, yeah, you know that's a form of rat poison. They use that to kill rats. I said, well, I, so far I'm okay, so I must not be too bad off. But you know, on this journey that I've had with my heart, I've thought on many occasions how there's a journey that we're all taking with our hearts. It's not a physical heart that I'm talking about. It's the spiritual heart in us. And each and every one of us have that spiritual heart in you. Now, for those who don't know Christ as their Savior, that heart's dead. That's what the Bible says. It's dead. Until Jesus comes in and brings his life into that heart, it comes alive. And I trust that you have made that decision. You have invited Jesus into your heart, and God in his love for you and me has put a new heart right inside of you. You've had a heart transplant. And that's a beautiful thing. So here we are this morning with our new hearts, and I think about Ezekiel, and I think about Jeremiah. Both of these prophets prophesied that there would be a new covenant between God and humanity. He, they said a new covenant was coming. And God was going to make this new covenant. And then Jesus, with his disciples in the upper room, took the bread and the, the wine, he blessed it, and he said, as he picked up that cup, he said, this is the blood of the what? The new covenant. The covenant that Jeremiah had prophesied and Ezekiel had prophesied is now coming into fulfillment through Jesus and his blood shed for you and me. The new covenant is established. And God puts a new heart in you. And that is a part of that new covenant. And I think about that new covenant, and I think about that heart. And I think about the fact that that heart is vital to you and me. And so I'm going to ask you the question, what is the heart? Have you ever sat down and thought about what is the heart when it comes to your spiritual heart? What is that? 
Well, biblically speaking, it's the umbrella. It's the umbrella, and it's an umbrella term for the authentic you and me. Not the facade. The heart is the real you. It's what's inside of you. It's what makes up your passions. It makes up your thoughts. It makes up your desires. It makes up your understanding. It makes up your will. That that is what resides in your heart. It's the spiritual part of you. Now, I know that this world we live in is very good about credentials. When they want to know about you, they want to know about your credentials. That's the secular world. When, they meet, when somebody meets you, they want to know who you are, but they want to know who you are by your credentials, by your business card, by your, uh, uh, your uh, achievements, your honors. What is it that you proclaim as an accomplishment in your life? That's what identifies you. But when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he doesn't look at that. You see, for me, sometimes I want to come before God and I want to say, God, here I am. I'm with you and I am right here in your presence and right here with you I am bringing to you 42 years of ministry and Lord you and I together we've married them, we've buried them, we've counseled them, we've brought homes together and and Lord you and I this is what we've done. And you know what Jesus says when I do that and say here Lord look at my 42 years of what I've done. He says I don't care about that. That's not what the priority is. The priority is your heart. And the priority is your heart. And we can parade our successes and we can talk about, oh, I taught Sunday school. I've been to church every Sunday. I've got a vest full of Sunday school attendance pins. Lord, look at them. And he said, so what? I'm going to know about your heart. What's going on inside of that ticker of yours, your spiritual ticker? He pushes all that aside, and he says, I'm not impressed. I want to see your heart. I think back over my 42 years of ministry, and I think about the people that have been in my congregations and been on the college campus when I served as a, as, as a campus minister. And I think about whenever people are approached about their heart, that is the first thing they want to do is show all of their accomplishments in life. And God brushes all that aside and he says, I'm not impressed. You see, I want to be like David. I want to be like David who was able to come before God and yes, he had all kinds of credentials, some of them not so good. And to come before God and say with all honesty and sincerity, God, search me. Search me, O Lord, and try me. I want you to know my heart and see if there be some wicked way in me. Lead me, Lord, in the way of everlasting life. That's what I want my prayer to be. That's what I want your prayer to be. And so... We come to the scripture today, and it's all about the heart. It's about the journey of the heart. And I want us to see our scripture today, because God puts his finger right on it. Listen to what he said. He said, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. And if you have a King's translation, King James translation, roams throughout the earth. To strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. This past week when I went in for my heart check, they did an EKG. Put all those little electrodes all over me. Those things are cold. You know that. Those things can put goosebumps on you. So here I was with all these electrodes, and they're starting to read all this, and it took about 30 seconds to a minute. She said, you're fine. Unplug me. What I want to do is an EKG today. Because when we look at the scripture, we see God is looking 
at something right now. And he's looking not at your, your credentials, not at your successes, not at your failures, not any of those things. He's looking right at your heart. And he's wanting to do an EKG. And he's looking for six things right now in your heart that's vital to what he wants to do in your life. And the first thing that he does an EKJ on is right there in 16 verse 9, chapter 6 verse 9. He wants to know how loyal are you to him? How loyal are you to God? How loyal is your heart to Jesus Christ? I think about this situation that's taking place here. And you've got Asa, who's the king of Judah. And Asa's in a predicament. You see, the Israel has been split into two nations. You have Israel in the northern part. You've got Judah down here. Now Asa is the king of Judah. The king of Israel has surrounded Asa. Asa is in a lot of trouble. And God is looking at Asa's heart, and he's doing an EKG on Asa's heart. And so he asks Asa, he said to Asa, how loyal are you to me? How committed are you to me? You see, Asa's in a predicament, and he can do one of two things. He can ignore God and strike up a relationship or a commitment to a pagan king, and seek his protection, or he can go to God and say, Lord, be merciful to us. We call upon you. Be our protector. Be our Lord. Be our provider. So what does Asa choose to do? Asa, he goes to Ben-Hadad, a pagan king, and before he goes to him, he goes into his treasury and he pulls out a bunch of silver and gold and he takes it to Asa and strikes a deal. Now, how do you think God felt about that? Very, very unhappy with Asa. And so he reminds Asa, Asa, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And your heart is not committed to me. I want to take you into that commitment of loyalty for a moment. I think about my past appointment in Smyrna. I had a, a young man come to me. He was rising up in the corporate ladder, and I won't name the company. But he was telling me, he said, Steve, I've been in this job now. I've just gotten a promotion, but the things that they're asking me to do, I am very uncomfortable with it. And we talked about it. And it was not good what he was being asked to do. And so we prayed about it together. Here he was going up in the corporate world and people were and, and, and looking at his credentials and saying, oh man, isn't it great that you're going up into the company? And he knows that his spirit is going down as he's going up. I'll never forget the Sunday I talked to him and I said to him, I said, John, and that's a made-up name, John, tell me, how's that job going now? I'll never forget what he sm said. He smiled at me, and he says, I don't have it anymore. And I said, what? He said, I've left it. And he said, I'm pursuing a mission ministry here in the Atlanta, Marietta area. And he said, I am asking God to open that door. And I'm leaving this great job, and I'm going into mission work. Don and I had dinner with him not long ago. He's doing great, both of them. And he's working in a mission ministry here in the metro Atlanta area, especially in the Marietta area. You know who I'm talking about. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's loyalty. That's commitment. He's willing to let it go in order to embrace a mission work. And that is what God is looking for. And then he takes us to our second EKG, the second thing he's looking for. I want you to look at Matthew 6, 19 for a moment. 
Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The second thing God is looking for in that EKG is the question of where your treasure is. Because where your treasure is is where your heart's going to be found. I will tell you where I struggle with on this. My struggle, my treasure, is my time. I don't know if there's more valuable commodity in my life than my time. That's the treasure chest of self-fulfillment. And there's the treasure chest in this text of my kingdom values. And so I am challenged time and time again. I have to ask myself the question, where do I put my time? Do I put it into what I want to do? Do I put it into my self-centered desires? Or do I say, Lord, here is my time. I give it to you because where my treasure is, my heart is, and I want you to use my time the way you want me to use it. I remember a pastor talking about his congregation. He was talking about taking some time off, and a church member came to him and said, Pastor, I understand you're going to take some vacation. And he said, you know, Satan never takes a vacation. I love what the pastor said. He looked at this man and he said, if that's the case, I'm never going to relax. I'm never going to take a vacation. But you know, the good news is that I don't follow Satan. I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And he took time away. He took time away to get his batteries recharged. And then he would go back into ministry. And he said, sir, I'm going to do the same thing. The treasure in your heart could be your money. It could be relationships. It could be something materialistic. Or it could be the Lord Jesus Christ. But that EKG has got to determine where your treasure is. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, where is your treasure? What is it that you're investing your energies, your time in? That is your EKG. And then there's a third measurement, Matthew 9, 4. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts. I'm going to stop preaching and go to meddling for a moment. You know inside your heart there's a dark closet. You know there is because you're human. I have one. You have one. And what goes on in that dark closet, Jesus is putting his finger on and he's saying, What's in your heart? What kind of thoughts have you got? What's going on inside that dark closet? He's saying, I see your thoughts. And they're a reflection of your heart. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs that I love so much. It says, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. What Jesus is saying to these Pharisees and these Sadducees, he's saying, I'm looking into your heart, and what I see in your heart is not good. It's evil. Your dark closet's got some pretty bad stuff in there. I don't know if I should admit this to you, but I'm going to anyway. You know, one of the things I'm wrestling with in my dark closet is revenge. I've been wrestling with it ever since I got into the ministry and even before then. But I think back over my years in ministry and I think about, and it's, it's amazing to me how church members can say some pretty awful things. And I think about some things that have been said to my children, things that have been said to my late wife over the years. And you know what we clergy have a tendency to do? When we get injured or when our family gets injured, we have a tendency to bring it right up here and sock it to you and just let you have it. That's called revenge. And that's called using the pulpit in the wrong way. 
You see, we all wrestle with revenge. And when things are done to my family that hurt, I want to get even. And I will be honest with you, the things, some of the things I'm seeing in the news right now, do you ever find that tendency is, God, go get them. Sick them, Lord. Take them down. That's called revenge. And I think about what Jesus is saying, and he's saying, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's where I struggle. I want to get even. And God says, no, love. Love in return. How's the EKG in that area? Do you need to give something to the Lord there? Let me take you to the fourth one. And that is in this one, this verse here. Matthew 12, 34. Again, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he's speaking to the Sadducees. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? And here it comes. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I'm going to tell you, when I got to working on this part in my message, I got about four pages in. And I said, that's next week's sermon. I'm going to devote next week's sermon about our tongue and about our speech. Because folks... We in the church, we have a ministry to one another, to build each other up. I talked about this last Sunday, to encourage one another, to love and good works. What do you do that with? Right here, the smallest muscle in our body, but the most powerful muscle we have. I want to talk about what James said about that. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. But I will say this, and hear me on this, on this EKG. Your heart is going to show itself in the words that you speak. Your heart is going to show itself in what you say to other people. Your heart is going to show itself when you're standing in line, and boy, I'm stepping on my toes again, but when you're standing in line and you're looking at your clock and the, the person is fumbling with the cash register, what you say when it comes up to your turn determines what's inside of your heart. And so I'm going to ask you on this EKG, what have your words been saying about your heart lately? Fifth measurement, Luke 8, 15. That the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop, a crop that's a hundredfold. I want to ask you something. You know, we're here on Sunday morning. You've been listening to us, hopefully, on the uh, website or on our Facebook page. I'm hoping you have a daily devotional. I'm just kind of taking it for granted. I'm going to ask you, what is that producing in your life? Is it producing good fruit? Are you seeing transformation through this message, through our gathering for worship, through our being together? Do you find yourself being transformed through your prayer time and through your personal time in God's Word? It should be producing fruit in your life. And if you're not seeing fruit, the EKG says something's wrong with your heart. There should be transformation going on in your life. So often when we come here for worship, we hear the word, and I, I'm going to be, I know what you struggle with because I've been there. Three minutes into this message, some of you are thinking about your golf swing. Some of you are thinking about where we're we going to lunch after this. And then you, you come back and say, oh, I've got to listen. And then about five minutes later, where are you? Television show. What, what's going to be on TV? Your mind wanders. We have wandering minds. Now, what God wants to do is to hold us in. And then another problem is, is that when we start coming back in, we start hearing this message. You, you may be doing this right now. I don't see it on your foreheads, but some of you wear reflectors. And you hear this, and you look right at your wife, and you say, I hope they're hearing this. Take the reflector off, because that is what causes the fruit 
that word of God not to make the changes that God wants to make in your life. Don't wear the reflector. It comes at you. And then that leads me to my sixth one. And this is the most penetrating. The six EKG that God is looking for. These people honor me with their lips. This is where it gets tough, folks. But their hearts are far from me. I think about the measure of our worship, the EKG of our worship. Jesus said these words when he walked right into a religious system that was full of traditions. Oh, they were steeped in traditions. They had all kinds of sacred cows in their worship, and you couldn't touch anything. And Jesus looked into this, this world of tradition. People worshiped their traditions. Even though they were giving lip service to God, they were worshiping their traditions. And Jesus said, and he's quoting from Isaiah, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I want to ask you, do you worship your tradition more than you worship God? Do you come in and you want things to go this way, this way, this way, and you expect it to be this way? And your heart is far from God. Obviously, worship is an everyday experience. It's not just Sunday morning. Paul was writing to the church in Rome and he said in chapter 12, verse 1, Do you want to do Old Testament sacrifices? Is that what you're wanting to hold on to so much where you slay the lamb and you go through all of those religious customs of your old life? He said, no, you put yourself on the altar and you give your body as a living sacrifice to God. That's the type of worship God is looking for. I mean, we hear a lot about lifestyle. We say, oh, that guy's got a lot of lifestyle. That woman has a lot of lifestyle. The Pharisees had a lot of lifestyle, I'll tell you. And we've got forgotten the God who is concerned about, is concerned about heart style. Not lifestyle. Lifestyle without heart style before God is no style at all. We were saved and we were redeemed not to be monuments in the harbor of Christianity, but to be a living organism, to be a movement, a power from the inside out. I think about Richard Parks in a former church of mine. He was outside the church and heard a commotion. And people said Richard was on the ground. I went rushing out there and the EMTs came up right when I came out. And they came rushing toward Richard and the first thing they said was, man, his tie is crooked. And look at his shoes, they're kind of scuffed up. And his hair's kind of messed up. And so the EMTs immediately started polishing his shoes, straightening his tie, and brushing his hair. Do you think that's what happened? No. They took straight to the heart. They went right for it because he was having a heart attack. They went straight for what the major cause was, and that was his heart. And I think about God, and he looks at you and me. And he's not worried about our hairstyle, our lifestyle, our, uh, our outward appearance. He goes straight to your heart and he says, I want to do an EKG on you. Is your heart totally committed to me? I'm going to ask you that today. As you take these six EKGs, as we've walked through them, how's your speech doing? How's your thought life? How about revenge? God wants to change your heart right now. He wants to do a miracle in you. He wants to take that old diseased heart and make you a new creation. But we have to put our lives on the altar and say, Lord, here I am. I give it all to you. We've been dealing with a question in our leadership team. We're going to be talking about it in church council today. 
The question is, where is this church going to be 30 years from now? We're talking about that. But I will say this in my message today. I don't know what we're going to look like 30 years from now, but I do pray for this. That whatever Trinity at the well is going to look like 30 years from now, they will say this about our church. Those people are people after the heart of God. And if they say that about us, we're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. It starts with you. How's your heart today? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you right now. We come before you as the psalmist David did. And we pray his prayer. And we say it with all sincerity. Lord, search me and try me. See if there be any wicked way within me. Lord, we thank you that if there is evilness in our heart, if there's some things that we've said and done that have broken your heart, if our dark closet has got some pretty evil stuff in it, when you reveal that to us, Lord, thank you that there is a cross. We're forgiven. And you've told us in your word that if we are a new creation, old things have passed away and new things have come. And Lord, right now, we give you our hearts. We ask that you would search us and try us. And when if there is something wicked or wrong within us, we thank you, Lord, that we're forgiven. We're cleansed. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We have the new covenant. You've put a new heart within us. And we now ask you, Lord, to just make that heart become more and more like your heart. Let our words be, come from your heart. Let our thoughts come from your heart. Let our actions be guided by your heart. And we ask this in your name, your most precious and holy name. Amen. I would invite us to make a commitment. Let's stand as we sing. Let this song we're about to sing be your prayer today. And if this is your prayer, you're going to have a heart that shines the love of God. Amen.